Welcome to More Than Meets the Eye. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. Yeah. So basically, More Than Meets the Eye is a podcast where we talk about aesthetics and everything that goes into aesthetics. Just for, this is your first time listening, a little debriefing. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, We call it pop culture aesthetics. Yeah. So usually, we'll just pick an aesthetic and kind of delve into how it plays into pop culture and music and fashion and everything but now we're taking one specific piece of pop culture and kind of dissecting its aesthetics yeah so like film or music so this week we're we're primarily thinking like we're gonna do either a film or like an album yeah because a lot of albums have like concepts which is cool Mm -hmm. um yeah so this week we will be talking about the wes anderson film moonrise kingdom it came out in 2012 and oh she's got a d yeah I'm, I'm like introducing everything um and like all wes anderson wes anderson films oh is yeah very has a very certain aesthetic yeah very, very s- heavily aestheticized y- oh it's not a word <laughs> is but i just a, made it up it sounds like it could be aestheticized aestheticized maybe sounds like fetishized um sorry that was gross no it's funny (laughs) no i I get i understand what you're getting at yeah or like when you get anesthesiology and it's anesthetized that is that's where that's what that's the word i think yeah okay aestheticized okay Anyway, we're going to, also on this podcast, we find different ways to use the word aesthetic. Yeah, we become Dr. Seuss himself and make yeah. up new words. So yeah, no, Wes Anderson is like pretty much famous for like having a very strict aesthetic, not only in each of his movies, but like across his entire oeuvre of film. Fun mm-hmm. French word. Um, oh. <laughs> Talk to me about, like, your introduction to Wes Anderson films, mm-hmm. specifically this film. I know you, this is the only one you've seen, right? Yeah, no, I remember I did see Owl the Dogs, though. <gasps> so, I have seen two Wes Anderson films. That might um, be my favorite That one's, one. it's so good. It's so good. Um, Actually, no, it's not my favorite, but it's okay. very close. No, it, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, I saw Moonri- Moonrise Kingdom a while ago, but... I hadn't seen it in a while, so I watched it mm-hmm. again recently. And, yeah, no, I think it's... The aesthetic is... I love I love the attention to detail. Yes. Like, I'm super detail-oriented yes, in it. that was one of my big notes. Oh, it's just, like, so pleasing that it's so... Like, everything is so thought out. And, yeah, it's, like, almost... It's really cute. <laughs> it is. It's very... Well, I, I like how you talked about the attention to detail because mm-hmm. that was something that I noted actually at the very end of my notes where I was like, attention to detail. Because mm-hmm. it's not... In film, you have to pay attention to details, but sometimes people take those little details for granted. Like, he makes new details. You know what I mean? Like, everything is perfectly yeah. within this aesthetic, and it's so interesting to look at. Yeah, no, you could really just, like, watch it a bunch of times and, like, or just, like, take a screen cap of, like, every single scene and find how everything is working it's just it's incredible and i think it's like perfect for this podcast because it is so like tied to like the aesthetic oh true yeah it's so strictly Mm -hmm. tied to the aesthetic um did did like wes anderson have any influence on you after you saw the movie or i mean i think i've always just appreciated that kind of quirky Mm -hmm. like very saturated colors like I've always kind of I don't know 
I feel like I honestly have that in my style just already. Like maybe subconsciously I've been influenced by it, but like, and I think because Wes Anderson has influenced culture and like, I'm just like, you know, consuming culture. Like I think I'm secondhandly been influenced by Wes Anderson. Even if you don't know Wes Anderson's name, like Wes Anderson has an influence, like you said, influence culture to the extent that you've, if you saw a still from a movie or if you saw like, if you saw, we're talking about Moonrise Kingdom. So if you saw Suzy, Suzy Bishop, who's the one of the main characters, um, if you saw like a picture of her, you know who, you would like recognize her. Yeah. The turquoise eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, so for me, Moonrise Kingdom, I remember like very clearly seeing it in the theater. Um, and it was my first, I think it was my first Wes Anderson film, but like my whole family went into it kind of knowing who he was. Um, and it definitely like had a very big impact on me. Like it definitely influenced my style at the time and like forevermore. And, um, you know, Susie Bishop has red hair. I was like, okay, here's the style that I must have for the rest of no, my life. Honestly, you know? her, her look does remind me of you. I have well, to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, um, I was already like, cause I was already very into sixties, like mod by the time oh, I saw that. I think yeah. or not into it, but like new, like was new. I already kind of like liked it. Um, and so that had a big influence on me. And I definitely like there are multiple times I've worn turquoise eyeshadow always with Susie Bishop in mind. Um, I always wanted one of the cute little dresses, mm-hmm. but also like, I just remember loving the movie. I remember just loving it so much. And then after that, I like needed to know more about Wes Anderson and I just needed to like watch more mm-hmm. Wes Anderson films. And you know, I'm not a big, it's not like I'm a Wes Anderson head or something. Mm. Like I've got like, there are other directors who I love more. Sometimes I think he could use a bit of branching out, but like with Isle of Dogs, he did, which made me very happy. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's such a good movie. But yeah, like I've definitely always like, he's had a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the movie, the plot. Yeah. So what happens mm-hmm. in this movie? Um, so it takes place in... Is it, like, a, is it a real place? And it's, I think it's all like fake, but yeah. it's supposed to be like New England. Like just generally New like New Englandy. Is it... It's either New England or it's the other... It's a Pacific North... I North think it's New England. West Pacific. Okay. Okay. I think... And then the island is called... They live on an island called New Penzance. Penzance, yeah. Penzance. New Penzance. In 1965. Uh, yeah, actually, so, to be exact, the dates are... Hold on. He says it in the movie. Bob Balaban says it in the movie. Oh, it's between September 2nd and September 5th, 1965. So, so yeah. yeah. And cool. so, it's about, like, so the main, two main characters are, like, kids. Yeah. Susie and... Susie Bishop. Susie Bishop. And Sam... Oh! Shikaski. Right. Sam Shikaski. Um, and they fall in love and they plan to run away together yeah off, like live off the grid yeah um i guess to go more specifically brief yeah yeah i guess should i leave it brief like that I don't no know. so i'll talk a little more about it so Susie is the oldest of four kids she has three younger brothers um she's has problems like think like what wouldn't at the time have been identified as like mental issues mm-hmm. mental not issues but um just a lot of I guess, like disabilities you know um yeah emotional emotional problems yeah like totally like normal everyday stuff yeah. that nowadays we don't even like blink an eye at but at the time of course it was like 
uncommon and like yeah. Lucina's like problem child. You yeah, know? yeah. She's like she's um, a problem child. Yeah. Both of them are problem children in their yes. own situation. Yeah. So I'll get to Sam in a second. Yeah. yeah. Um Susie's parents are married, but her mother is like kind of having a kind of affair with the local policeman. Um and yeah. And I think having like three younger brothers who are like significantly younger than her is like probably rough but he doesn't go into that at all which i want to talk about later like mm. the things that he doesn't go into um, yeah uh, there's a lot yeah and there's a lot of like weird not plot holes per se but like there's things that like he puts in there and then you're like wondering about it you know yeah no definitely everything is intentional so yeah. i feel like there's a lot more to it than yeah than just the surface yes, yeah um, and there's Sam, who Sam he's an orphan, mm-hmm. and he's definitely like he's a misfit. He like a troublemaker, and he's also he's a member of the khaki scouts. Yeah, so like basically Boy Scouts, but yeah. what um which section are they? There, I know they're the New Penzance ones, but like I think they have a name for their thing. Hold on, oh Fort Lebanon, they're uh, Fort Lebanon camp of khaki scouts. Yeah. Um, who was led by the lovely Ed Norton. Um, Scoutmaster. Scoutmaster. What's his name? Ward. So it was Scoutmaster Ward. Um, is the name of Ed Norton's character. Sam, Sam and yeah. Susie meet um, after Sam, like, crashes. Like, he gets the summer before. Yeah. He, yeah. He, they meet inside the dressing room for a, like, annual play that goes on in their town. Noye's Flood, yeah. yeah. Which is Noah's Flood, but it's, like, Noye, because I think it's, like... The operas from like old English or something. Okay. It's probably not, but it's something. There's a lot like of like that. religious like symbols. Oh yeah, in the film. So oh, that's just one of that. them. Okay. Um, and so basically, then they become pen pals after they meet, and they plan to escape together and mm-hmm. like live in the wilderness. Okay. So for you, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, I apologize, uh, but you should watch the movie. Um, definitely maybe pause and like go watch the movie now or something like that but um there's this one scene there's a scene where the it's like a montage of them each reading their pen pal letters and it's brilliant it is like one of the most brilliant scenes i've ever watched because um it goes it starts out like light they kind of like talk about their like lives and stuff and then very quickly it gets very personal and then it's like you know like one of the things Sam says is like, I'm sorry, your brothers are so annoying. Like that's the first time we see it switch. And then like while listening to each of them read like parts of their pen pal letters, um, we see like these like scenes happening. And there's one where like Susie like tackles some girl in her class. Like it's really like, it's kind of like comically intense, but it also mm-hmm. gets like kind of deep into like what's going on with these kids that we don't like right. know, see. That doesn't happen until after um, the parents and the Scoutmaster have discovered that Susie and Sam have run away, which happens pretty quickly. Yeah. No, it gets like movie like goes right into that. Basically, the opening, um, we meet Susie and her family and then we switch to the Fort Lebanon where Scoutmaster Ward is like going through everything and then they sit down all this the khaki scouts sit down for breakfast and they realize someone's missing and there's like he's like who's missing Chikuski mm-hmm. and then they like go to his tent and then oh great moment they go to his tent and they open up the flap and then he says um Jiminy Crickets he flew the coop <laughs> which I have to say is a very much fits the aesthetic of the movie like the line Jiminy Crickets he flew the coop like 
Sorry. Go yeah, the this. dialogue is, yeah. is very interesting. Yeah. It's a very, like... Very intentional, yeah. you know? No, every single line is super, like clean cut mm-hmm. like they, there's no like long drawn out like monologues or anything nope. like they'll just be like i hate you and yeah. like that's the scene i know it's kind of it's, it's funny scene. it's a different different way to tell a story it is it's um, more about like the, the i guess because then like he can focus more on the visuals yeah. and everything like the camera angles yeah. and stuff this makes me really want to rewatch grand budapest hotel i need to watch that i know it's so good um it's like equally yes good if not better um okay and then so they they run away together and then what happens is fort lebanon camp um the khaki scouts along with the police officer and um the one who um Susie's mom is having an affair with um they're all like and Susie's parents are all hunting down yeah. sam and Susie. it's like it's basically like everyone against them yeah so so then they get into this conflict um but Susie and sam get like run away they get away and then they get to their little cove um which i forget the actual name of it but they end up calling it moonrise kingdom mm-hmm. um and yeah they set up camp and like you yeah. know create their own little world Place to live. yeah yeah moonrise kingdom um yeah and then um the narrator i love this the narrator bob Bal- played by bob balaban um all of a sudden appears and he's like i taught sam in like this class or something or this not this class but like with the khaki scouts um and so i know that he wants to take this route to like this um i think it's supposed to be like a native american like tribe migration in like new penzance that happened um and he's always wanted to like follow that trail um and it ends up at this cove that obviously Sam and Susie are at. Um, so in the morning, they wake up and their parents arrive. Uh, Susie's parents arrive. All the khaki scouts arrive. Mm-hmm. They're like weirdly in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Interesting. They're yeah. like 12 too, mm-hmm. which is like. Yeah, they're, they're literally 12 years old. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then after that, what's interesting, they get separated again by everybody. This mm-hmm. is, like, only halfway through the movie. Which... Yeah, no, they pretty much get caught, like, right away. Yeah. So next part of the movie is um, so when they're Sam, separated. Yeah. When they're separated, the se- um, social services. The social services tries to, you know, they're going to take, because um, Sam's foster parents uh, cannot invite him back. Yeah, they basically like um, rejected him. They're yeah, like, we don't. We can't want have you anymore because <laughs> you're uh, you are really well. Okay. Annoying. <laughs> what was really interesting, if you watch closely in the letter montage, um, it actually reveals that he's not annoying. All the other boys that live at the foster home, all like they all have, like have like the James Dean look, you know, they've got like the slick back hair and they don't do any of the work and like Sam's forced to do all the work. Mm. So it's really interesting because like the parents aren't the foster parents aren't like barely even in the picture. It's like a really weird like you should go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even go back and watch it just because it's really interesting how like he does that. Like, I don't know what it means quite I, didn't I just like briefly that. caught it, um, but it's interesting. Yeah, so it's not even like he's annoying them. It's like there's something else going on. Yeah. I um, so I don't know. I think this is well. The next part is that the khaki scouts, like the rest of the khaki scouts, now realize that well, social services is going to put him in a juvenile delinquent correction. Yeah, facility. kind of like like basically an orphanage, orphanage, but like a bad orphanage. Yeah. 
And so. the khaki scouts are like, we got to help a brother out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, what's his name? Skodak? I wrote it down. Is that one of the boys' names? That's the boy who was like, we need to help him. <laughs> I was like, I love you. <laughs> you little, oh, yeah, Skodak. Yeah, so basically they, they, you know, flip around and like yeah. all right like go gives this big speech and he's like he's a khaki scout we've been horrible <laughs> to him we need to like stand up for our fellow khaki scout blah 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 blah, blah. um so yeah mm-hmm. and then they try to get the two back together yeah. through a series of events yeah and which so they rescue Susie and they rescue Sam um Sam is staying with the police officer by mm-hmm. the way who um Susie's mom is having an affair with which is like super important um and you said before you said the I hate you line there's this whole scene where um Susie uh Susie's mom is giving her a bath right and she, her mom's like oh like okay, listen I've been where you are and then Susie's just like I hate you. Yeah. And it's like really powerful. And her mom is like very like, you don't mean hey. Like I know you don't hate me. Which I think is like really big of her character. But it's like the first time we're actually meeting her character. Yeah, like, no. We don't meet her at all. I thought it was a weird movie. it was definitely like a weird scene because yeah. I feel like it was too like she was talking to her daughter like she was an adult. Yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> I don't I don't even think that's the worst part. For me, the weird part was, like, all of a sudden, here's a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't really... She's not really been this important character throughout the rest of the movie. Like, I didn't feel any, like, personal connection or, like, knowledge of her personality or whatever throughout the rest of the movie. And then here she is. Mm-hmm. And mom's, like, a big role. And it was, like, whoa. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah. She's been an important character, having... Influencing Susie's life, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, out of the blue. To me, it felt that way. Conversation felt a little bit, like, awkward. Or just, yeah. like, her mom was, like, who straight up was, like, you know, Susie accused her of having an affair. And the mom, yeah. like, didn't even say no. Say no. And it was just interesting because it was, it was very, like, I don't know, adult conversation. And I feel like you just got a sense of, like, why Susie's just kind of messed up. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. She reveals that she has a troubled child. There's, like, literally a packet. Yeah. That she found out. It's, like, troubled child. And I, like... I thought it was really touching because she pulls it out and, like, the mom sees it that Susie has this packet that the mom got to, like, manage Susie. And then she just goes, poor Susie, and, like, hugs her. And I thought it was really, like, sweet because it's not like you – like you said, it's, like, she's weirdly acting – the mom's really acting like she's, like, friends with Susie, not, like, her mother. And she's, like, poor Susie, (laughs) rather than being, like, oh, darn it yeah. like i can't believe you found this it doesn't mean anything like she's like Poor. very weird yeah no yeah. it's definitely a strange relationship and i feel like yeah there's a lot of interesting relations in the movie yeah i mean i think an important note is to say that while all this is happening we are also informed that there's a storm coming yes. to hit the island the storm is coming so that kind of just like builds up throughout the movie yeah and then by the end of it the storm does hit Yes. Well, okay, so they get rescued. Sam and Susie get rescued from their respective, like, places that they're staying mm-hmm. at by the khaki scouts to be reunited and so that Sam doesn't have to go to juvenile correction facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're reunited, and Skodak is like, I have a cousin, Ben, in a different camp, in a bigger camp on a different island. Um, and Sam's like, is he trustworthy? And then Skodak's like, normally, no. (laughs) But in this case, yes. And it's like a very funny scene. We get to the camp. Who is 
cousin Ben, none other than Jason Sportsman, the lead, or not lead, but like a guy who's literally in every Wes Anderson movie. Um, and he was a lead in one of the movies called Rushmore. Called Rushmore. He was a lead, which is a Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jason Schwartzman, Schwartzman is basically known for being in Wes Anderson movies, like, mm-hmm. and having a kind of funny looking Same appearance. Same with Bill Murray. No. He's in, he was in um, multiple. He was in a couple. Well, here's the thing about Wes Anderson films is that um, Wes Anderson has like a set cast that mm-hmm. he uses. He uses yeah. people from the same cast in every, in the, he uses people like of a group of, of a group of certain actors in every movie that he makes. Like, there's always yeah. people from, who are in other movies. But, like, Jason Schwartzman is known for being in Wes Anderson movies. Like, Bill Murray had, like, a 20-year career before mm. even being Well, yeah, being no, I'm not saying Wes this Anderson is his movies. only, like, thing, but I know he's been in multiple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you mean this guy is, like, his only career Jason is... Jason Schwartzman's career is being in Wes Anderson that's movies. That's kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know him. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. Your entire, like, film career <laughs> just be yeah just well because they're family friends oh okay so get this are you ready for your mind to be blown jason schwartzman's brother robert schwartzman is michael moskowitz from princess diaries is like the love interest like not, he literally looks so familiar now wait like, yeah. he looks like him oh my god not like the cute one i mean not like the weird jockey guy you know like, no, of course the one that like yeah that she ends up with lily's oh. brother yeah no and then they like break up by the second movie but yeah which oh, is such a, i know yeah oh. <gasps> he played in a band and everything yeah. oh my god that's so funny now, like him. now he definitely yeah. looks like him okay yeah, yeah. The same, like, shaggy hair. Yeah. Um, the same weird... <laughs> weird, like... Like, it's weird because, like, I would definitely call... Like, they have beautiful features, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call them, like, particularly attractive people. Yeah, which just... I feel bad about saying. But, like, they have very, like, pretty features. Very pretty eyes, you know? Like, I just... You know, not, Put together. Not just... Head, they're cool people. Cool guys. Who cool love that? Um, um, okay, so we're almost there. So Cousin Ben is Jason Schwartzman, which I love. Um, and then... What happens after that? Oh, they get they, married. Yeah, they get married. But it's like morally and emotionally married, and not like yeah, no, they're they're married. a serious in a serious committed relationship. These two twelve-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, which I feel like is another like feature of like the kids, the adult kids. I feel like no one is an age in this movie no. in a way. Like the adults talk to kids the same way they talk to other adults. Mm-hmm. The kids talk to each other in the same yeah. way. It's almost either all childish or all like I don't know. There's not a particular age. So I, I feel like. Love that you bring that up because actually something that Wes Anderson is well known for doing is he doesn't change um, the way he he every character talks the same way. It doesn't change the way the character talks because of the relationship they have with the person, because of their gender, because of their age. He doesn't change it. You know, like everyone talks one way. Yeah, and that's like a very unique part of his type of movie making, which is really interesting. No, it is. Know? It like creates definitely creates like weird dynamics, but also makes it super interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like a social experiment. Yeah. <laughs> I once watched this short which um kids play like adults like so like it was really interesting and like it was like these couples who were at like a dinner party and um they had like kids fake wine kids like uh, actual like eight-year-olds were like playing like adults and like one of the one of the girls one of the guys was like they were like married and like the guy was having the 
boy, the little boy, like playing an old older man, was like having an affair, and it was like this whole thing. It was so weird yeah. to watch, but it kind of has like the same vibe. Um, so anyway, so they get uh, emotionally morally married, and then. The storm starts to hit. Yeah. Um, the storm starts to hit. They go back to the church where Noe's flood from the beginning is, and they're back there, and everyone's there because that's like the safety area. Right. Like, that's the safe spot on the island. And then, or the other island, because I don't think they're at, they're on New Penzance at this point. Um, and do you want to do that? Yeah. And so eventually, I don't know if this is an important part, but, um, Eventually, the social worker comes in, tries yeah. to take custody of Sam, but the police officer had really grown fond of him mm-hmm. and, like, really wants to adopt him. So, by the end of the movie, the kind of the climax is Susie and Sam running up, like, the trying to climb the steeple yeah, of the church. Yeah, they get to the top of the yeah. steeple, yeah. And they're like, we're going to jump to our deaths. Well, they because it's flooded. Yeah. Because everything around the church is flooded. They their plan is to jump and swim through the flood mm-hmm. to get away. But that's not feasible and yeah. they're like we're probably going to die anyway. Yeah, so basically um, Dark? Yeah, no, it is, has, a, has like, really the dark, there's, like, dark tones. That's, like, for sure. also a big Wes Anderson thing is not necessary. like, the movies aren't mm-hmm. dark, but there's, like, certain themes throughout that are, like, pretty dark. Yeah, no, like, it's not afraid to, like, kind of go there mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. So, it's also some, like, violence occasionally, yeah. so it's not, like, super, like, fluffy yeah. fairy tale. There are... But it's, what's, it's completely juxtaposed to yeah. its, like, physical aesthetic, which is this fluffy mm. like kind of like wonderlandy yeah. feel and then the themes are like oh this is we might we might kill ourselves and jumping off the steeple which is like whoa yeah really and so dark. everyone's kind of like gathered watching them like on top of the steeple the police officer is trying to get them down yeah. and eventually um it gets struck by lightning well first yeah. Um, the social worker so Susie's parents are lawyers so they so the policeman is trying to get custody of Sam you're right social worker says no but then um the Susie's parents are like this since we're lawyers they know the law and they're like you can't this is unjust you can't like refuse his request to like foster this child without um like proper evidence as to why not and so eventually um the social worker says yes, um, and the police officer is, like, granted custody of Sam, and then, so he turns to them, he turns to them, and he's like, um, well, he's like, Sam, I, like, you'll live with me, like, does that work? And they're like, okay, cool, we won't jump to our deaths. And then the steeple gets struck by lightning and falls off the church, and they're, like, hanging from the church, and then it cuts, and it's completely over, and then everything's back to normal yeah and so basically the ending scene to really you know end everything yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god i haven't had that word that word in so long um wow no it's it's truly an it's truly amphispanic ending um because it is a, a mirror to the very first scene yeah which is a view of 
Susie's house, Susie Bishop's Susie's house. House and life, yeah. Um, and she's sitting, reading, while her little brothers are doing their activities. Except she's wearing a yellow dress this time. Yeah. At the very beginning, she's wearing a pink dress. Almost the same exact cut and style. And then we see Sam is also... Um, we go through the whole thing. Yeah. And then at the very end, Sam's there. He's wearing a police uniform, which I love. Um, and then he goes and meets the police officer uh, outside. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I just knew, knew him as police officer. No, no, no. Like, the actor is super famous. Oh, uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce, yeah. Duh. Um, yeah. And then he drives away. Yeah. So like, we learned that he was officially adopted by yeah. the police officer and... The very final scene is the painting that Sam was working on yeah. in the living room. And it's a painting of the little cove Moonrise Kingdom. With Moonrise Kingdom written in rocks. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. And then oh, it ends. So and there's cute like, little font soft. at yeah, the end. Yeah, the font is really cool. Yeah. So let's talk about the overall aesthetic. So mm-hmm. like colors, um, the time period, like right. like you just mentioned, right. fonts. Yeah. Um, Color aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, like, yellow. <laughs> yeah, like, primary colors. Yeah. All pastel is preferred, but there are non-pastel colors as well. But all, like, very soft because the, whatever, the color correction on the film is, like, done to make it very, um, like, soft. Like, the... Ugh, it's hard. It's not harsh. Like, the colors mm-hmm. aren't harsh. They're very, like, gentle to the eyes. And also, the film is extremely, like, has a very, like, high level of grain, which is clearly intentional. Um, I don't know if it was shot on film. It might have been. Because that might be just, like, natural okay. grain. But um, it's made to look as if it's shot on yeah, film. Yeah, no, it definitely has the retro feel because it just takes place in the 60s, which does affect the rest of the aesthetic. Because yes. it's super, there's, like, a touch of mod mm-hmm. in it, which And I just love. general, like, 60s feel. Yeah. Like, the 60s, um coastal town feel the location is super important too you know it takes place in this like like you said new englandy like place and it's like oh there's a lot of lighthouses they live everyone lives on the water it's like it's really like it's a very cute um like location as well as like time period to like smush together yeah no it's Um, super super cute and quirky mm -hmm. i feel like in general it has a very nostalgic kind of vibe to yes. it yeah and it just does. makes you feel like oh like so cute so and cute. like i wish i lived there yeah for real i know ideal place to live mm-hmm. um it reminds me of like i don't know it's super hipster i feel like i know it is <laughs> but it's like in a cute it's like it like pretty is hipster. yeah hipster. i feel like the hipster movement must have like kind of developed from it reminds like the the house the kind of the home decor mm-hmm. just the general vibe i feel like is something very a 60s. brooklyn hipster would try to oh, yeah. emulate see, yeah. like a williamsburg i feel like you're calling me a williamsburg <laughs> hipster but it's fine because like i don't know <laughs> my dorm is like this has the same color setup but whatever no it's you're not you're not like that okay you're not like them emma it's cute though i would it totally is really live cute. in a house like that it's adorable oh the God. whole little record player that Susie owns yeah. well it's her little brother so yeah her little that's brother true. has this record player and the first time they like figure out that she's run away is because she left a note for him saying that she took his his record player for a couple of days and she'll return it and then her parents are like, oh, she's run away. Well, I love how uh, Frances McDormand, who plays her mom, um, 
like through a megaphone talks up to <laughs> Bill Murray, um, who's her dad, who plays her dad, yeah. and goes, does it concern you at all that your daughter has run away? And it's just like <laughs> so funny. You know, I feel like a lot of the comedy comedic moments are not overly like trying to make you laugh they're just ridiculous like why does she have a megaphone like what is going on oh it's so funny um i feel like there's just a level of kind of fakeness to it all but like purposeful yeah yeah yeah. like it, it looks like a very curated look yeah well that comes into um the whole everything's symmetrical every shot is completely symmetrical like if not entirely like no okay typical films do not have the characters standing right in the middle of the frame Mm -hmm. and Wes Anderson is like famous for doing this for like doing it every single film he makes like there's like every shot of like one character they're right smack in the center of the thing there's even um some shots of the narrator Bob Balaban where it's like his at the very end it's just his little head with like his little neck and like just the top of his shoulders the very bottom third of the screen and like right in the center and it's just like it's crazy and usually it's disorienting but because it's all stylized it's to make that work yeah the symmetry works oh yeah totally the like you're told not to put things directly in the center Mm -hmm. it's supposed to look be off center to create interest and everything you're supposed to use a rule of thirds and he breaks the rule of thirds consistently (laughs) because he also does this thing where he will put it right in the periphery of the shot like the action will be happening in the periphery of the shot um like there's um the trampoline scene that one always sticks with me when they're gonna get married and jason schwartzman is like no i don't want these any of these quick sassy answers go talk about it so they like they're in the camp that's in the other island and they like walk over to the side and they stand they're like right on the edge of like the frame and like kind of like on the other edge of the frame is this kid who just starts jumping on a trampoline and it's like a really far away shot and they're having like a really personal conversation it's so like brilliant i don't know mm-hmm. it's like really cool yeah no definitely everything about it like there's intentional artifice yeah. to everything in it which i don't know it, it feels like a play almost yeah but yeah so you brought up um you mentioned like nostalgia like a kind of feel of nostalgia mm-hmm. um and to play into that i feel like there's also this idea of like like a kind of childlike aesthetic so like maybe everything's kind of like cutesy because it's all supposed to be like from a child's perspective so like all the colors are like soft and like all the clothes are very like cutesy and like even what like the grown-ups wear are like it's very particular and it's very like like all the everyone like all the men are wearing uniforms everyone except for bill murray's wearing a uniform yeah like, that's very like a, a child's world is like yeah if a kid were just to describe like what their parents look like they yeah. would just probably think oh like mom always wears this one sweater yeah. and you know dad has like comes home from work in his suit yeah i definitely agree with that they if if, yeah. if a child was trying to describe their world yeah. i think the speech yeah too, like the dialogue is like the way it's very straightforward kids always kids are like yeah kids get to the point they're very blonde yeah, they're not trying so. to like be very or just yeah. like they they'll say what they want yeah <laughs> so it's very like the way that everybody talks very bluntly and like one sentence like little like jabs it's like funny how that's um that's like a i don't know it has like a childlike feel to yeah. it. yeah and um, i feel like if we want to get to costumes and how that plays with the aesthetic sure um yeah yeah let's talk about costumes mm-hmm. so the two like main characters have like the two most like identifiable costumes. Susie, yes. we kind of talked about. She has like 
her dress, her her mini A line, mini A line, a very like typical sixties cut dress. Right. Um, it's got the pan collar along yes. with like the cuffs on the sleeves. Um, it's like a three quarter sleeve thing. Um, and, and she has her knee socks. Yes, her and knee little socks, Oxford, her Sunday school shoes. Yeah. is what they call them. Um, she's got her red hair kind of pulled into a half up thing, but like very loose and like wavy. And then of course her makeup is her turk her bright turquoise eyeshadow, mm-hmm. a little dark line above it. Mm-hmm. So um, mod. Yeah, very obviously mod influence. Yeah, um, I feel like the movie isn't overly trying to be this is a 60s movie like yeah. we are trying to make this historically yeah. accurate it's not it's just like little hints of it yeah throughout yeah um and then sam mm-hmm. sam is a khaki scout so yeah. of course he's always going to be wearing <laughs> his, his, uniform. his uniform but his his the way he puts together his uniform is very unique mm-hmm. because i'm pretty sure he's the only one who has the raccoon hat Right. Yeah, he has very he's like he's certain acces- accessories that yeah. like separate him from yeah. the from the rest of the khaki scouts and I feel like it's is very how it reminds me they remind me of like cartoon characters yes. where they wear like one outfit the whole movie yeah, yeah. I think that plays into the childlike thing maybe mm-hmm. um, yeah everyone has like one outfit yeah. <laughs> so there's this one scene where he's like he tells something to Susie and he's like if you do this you'll be less hot and Susie's like it would help if you didn't wear a hat to like a fur hat and like telling him like he'd be less hot if he didn't wear his fur hat I just think it's so funny because it feels so self-aware like he can't not wear the hat. This is a Wes Anderson film. He has to wear the hat. And she's like, you could just not wear the hat. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's like really funny. Yeah, I feel like so much of the movie is self-aware. Yeah, oh, totally. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Yeah. The Um, whole fact in the, something like randomly cute, but like, part of the aesthetic I think as well is like at the very opening scene of like Susie's life where we like see her house and everything um she looks into the camera a couple times not for long just for like part of or just like a short shot um she looks into the camera and then nobody looks into the camera until the very end the very ending scene right before we see the painting she looks into the camera again nobody else does it though so it makes like this really interesting um relationship between the viewer and like Susie and also like you have to if so if your character is looking to the camera it has to be intentional like can't be an accident right so I think yeah. it's uh so it's it's an interesting choice of Anderson's to like choose to like have her look into the camera just in those two points mm-hmm. but going back to Sam's costume if I can mm-hmm. delve into it just one other thing I loved was his little brooch um which was what did he call it he called it it's like um it's like the only thing his mother left for him or something and um he says it's not a man's it's not a it's a woman's brooch um but then he has this quote which i loved um it's not actually meant for a man to wear but i don't give a damn and i love that because it's just like screw you toxic masculinity you know it's good um yeah i feel the the co- I mean, their outfits are like costumes yeah. in a way. They and really I, are. And that's why I've seen so many Moonrise Kingdom Halloween co- inspired yeah. costumes because it's so easy. Not easy to recreate, but it's there's a, a look and that you yeah. you know who the characters are because yeah. they have a specific look. And exactly. just, that just plays into the very specific detailed or like detailed world that they're in. Yeah. Like their very own details. And that kind of extends into the their like little accessories they have and their Aww. supplies that they bring. Oh yeah, they're with and stuff yeah definitely uh the other costumes since 
I want to talk about the costume change where we I brought it up before but like at the end Sam doesn't have his he doesn't have his his khaki scout uniform on anymore he has a police officer's uniform he still has a hat but it's a police officer's hat um, not so he's always he's hat. always in uniforms yeah but he still has the brooch which I think is so cute um, but yeah he's always in uniforms he loves the uniform even mm-hmm. though he doesn't love like the idea of being trapped in the thing which I think is really yeah interesting Interesting. yeah i don't know because the movie's not he's not trying to like beat society or anything no but he just doesn't belong he feels like he doesn't belong to like the khaki scouts like the very beginning he's like i renounce like being a a khaki scout and like he doesn't want to be a khaki scout anymore that's interesting Mm -hmm. but then he loves uniforms yeah so he's not he's not the typical i'm raging against society he still conforms in a way she is a little bit yeah she is more about she's a little violent you know she's like got issues she stabs lucas hedges with scissors did you know that was lucas hedges you know who lucas hedges is He's like he's he's the redhead kid. Yeah. Yes, I know who he is. Yeah, I recognized him immediately. It was like yeah, I've, yeah. And he he's been in Lady Bird, Manchester mm-hmm. by the Sea. He's literally three billboards outside of that movie. He's been in everything. He's been in um the nine mid nineties that um movie by what's his name, the Twenty One Jump Street actor, Jonah Hill. You know the Jonah Hill movie mid nineties? No, okay. It's it's pretty interesting. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I see parts of it. Manchester by the Sea is one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen that yet. And but he's like one of the main characters in it. Um, very good movie. We could do that for this. Um, it's got a very distinct aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so well. she stabs Lucas Hedges, this character, and it's like baby Lucas Hedges. Love Lucas Hedges. Um, and like very, and he plays the evil kid, which like he always plays the evil kid because he's a redhead. But it's fun, um, like or like the trouble kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's a really good actor, so it works. He makes it work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, any other costumes? Well, no, you go. No, I was gonna say. Well, both of Susie's parents' costumes are important. So is um, Scoutmaster Ward. Yeah, he's he's the Scoutmaster Ward wears his khaki scout uniform yeah. also throughout yeah. the whole movie and the police officer wears his police officer yeah. uniform social services wears her very like the way she dresses like i don't know if you notice this but her off like when they call her her office and the way she dresses it completely different from like everything else in the movie because it's like cold and like sharp lines yeah and, like, all this, like yeah cold very, yeah um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Also, Susie has another outfit change when oh. she wears her coat and little beret. Yes. So cute. Love the coat and little beret. That reminds me of you. That oh, in really? particular. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, definitely like, <laughs> I feel like 15-year-old Emma would have been like styling that up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, social services, um, which is Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, who is also the white queen from Narnia. She plays a lot of like that. very cold and... Because she's a very, hard. like, she's got a very masculine aura, which yeah. is, like, so, like, she doesn't play very feminine women, you know, like, yeah, very icy rarely. and yeah. cold. Yeah. Um, so, 
But she, her character's name is social services. Literally? Yeah, literally social services. And like, that's so funny. There's moments where they literally are like talking to her and they're like social services, but like as if that's her name. So as if instead of like your name being Antonella, it would be like, hey, social services, like can you do this for, like it's so, such a little like fun, quirky detail. Yeah, you know, know. no, like once again, like a kid probably only would know like an adult by their yeah. their title or something like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> the house, like the home decor oh, of the bishop's home. Yes. Ooh, so cute. So cute. And like also um, the campsite, there's the whole, um, the tree house. At the very beginning, these kids yeah. build a tree house. And then Scatmaster Ward comes up and he's like, why'd you build it all the way up there? And he was like, where would you have built it? And Scatmaster Ward just goes, lower and walks away and it's like brilliant but also the the treehouse is like very cute and later we see like the inside of the treehouse and it's like all aesthetically pleasing you know mm-hmm. there's this one shot where they're playing cards and the symmetry is perfect and like everything is perfect it's like love it it's great yeah even the little like so in the bishop's house they have a stack of like board games and yeah. records and stuff all of that is like color coordinated yes. and yes. i'm like this is <laughs> Arch. Yes, so much attention. I'm sure he, I don't, I once knew, like, his production designer's name, but I don't know their name anymore, um, but, like, probably the highest paid person in that whole crew, because that is some intense work. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the props are always super important. Like, they're always, like, part of the aesthetic or part of the character. Right. The binoculars. The binoculars. These binoculars are very important. Um, her books. Yes. No, she's very into books. Yeah. And, and, and at one point, she... The like to signal the like the next part of the movie, she yeah. like reads from her book part two. Yeah, it's just like it, it's it's very self aware that like we're watching a movie right now and like Susie just told us we're moving into yeah. part two of the movie. Yeah, um, and also she has um a the record she has like the record player which you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and it's like a plastic record player like very typical like 60s thing but she has all her records and like i love her favorite one is francoise hardy who is also one of my favorite french singers um but like very 60s you know very like of the time and like that's also the song that they dance to and they're like in their underwear on the beach it's super funny that seems out of context but we talked about it earlier yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and it's it's a pretty funny moment um so also the building off of Francoise Hardy, the music is super important. You know, like it was all original. No, it was not. It was not. So okay. he uses a lot of classical music, um, which is really cool. He uses a lot of Benjamin Britten, Saint-Saëns, Camille Saint-Saëns, yeah. um, and but there is an original soundtrack as well, which is his like lifelong music partner Alexandre Desplat, which is love alexander display he's really cute like he's like i don't know he's like 75 and when he won the oscar when was it it was not that long ago he won that i think it was for the west anderson soundtrack and it was so cute and he was like he got up on stage and it was like it was like he's like i think he's either spanish i think he's spanish um and he just like or italian and he was like talking about it or he might be french Ooh, i don't know what's his name alexander display sounds french let me, I gotta ask you this, because I thought he was Spanish. Maybe he's a French Spaniard. True. 
He's a French. He's French. I should have known he's French. <laughs> Duh. But anyway, he's a super cute. He got on stage and he was like, he was like trying a little bit of English and then he was like just speaking French for his like acceptance speech. He's very cute. He's very old. Um, but anyway, so he wrote like like all the the children choir songs that are like sung in the background. Um, those are all original by him. Um, and then there's like random real like music from the 60s, like Francois Hardy or like the Kalaiga did you hear that at all? Oh my god, like called like oh, do, 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 do. it was like this weird sixty music sixties music which was totally like super racist, but that's okay. Mm. Um I think it's interesting how Wes Anderson is not afraid to show that like here's some racism from the sixties, but I also don't like it's almost problematic, but like yeah. it's more like acknowledging it rather than mm-hmm. like accepting it, I guess. I mean all his well, I don't know. I haven't seen all of his movies, but well, yeah, they're like, all like centered around different time periods, yeah, like older time periods, which makes sense. But like, there's one kid, there's one scene where some white kids wearing a headdress, and I was like, oh, that would not be, that would not fly nowadays. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Um, but, but the thing is, is I'm also someone who like loves all different cultures, so I get where like he's coming from in terms of, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you want to tell me about what you're wearing? Sure. Um, I'm very, I mean, if I was home, I could have so many different options. I'd probably. Me too. I mean, like. It's also very cold today, so we didn't like go to our furthest extent. Yeah. No, it, the but weather, we're, rather we're, restrictions. We're but, like influence. We're not trying to like yeah. copy character. We're both like, just like influence. If we were characters in that world. We would yeah. We would yeah. totally fit in. Yeah. No, I think that's a better way to describe it. I wasn't trying to look like a particular character, but yeah. I'm just like Me neither. in the world. But, I took some Susie things and like, like my makeup, I tried to do a little bit of my hair and makeup to do a little bit of Susie. Your hair is just naturally like Susie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, if I was home, I would have like worn my like girls scout uniform or something oh like i still have my vest and everything i could have could have like pulled out the whole thing so um you would have been a little khaki yeah scout. i would have tried to be a khaki scout so but cute. anyways what i'm wearing today is my um red like it's like a rain jacket it is a perfect rain coat. it is the perfect. every time you wear it i am so extremely jealous of it especially because okay quick thing my favorite movie is called submarine and like one of the main characters wears a red raincoat all the time red coat all the time and i just like want a red yeah it's a very it's like a candy apple uh, more like a not candy apple but yeah no it's it's definitely like a bright it's a bright red red. not fuchsia that's like pink but like a very bright red yeah it's a bright red like a fisherman's red and it has just like kind of a vintage feel to it i don't know my mom i think my mom got it yeah no it has like new england like fisherman vibes i love the fisherman aesthetic yeah love it it's super super submarine and super moonrise kingdom yes yes yes. and the british e yeah fisherman vibe yeah like cold like rainy weather vibes love it um love it so yeah much. i think my mom thrifted it i don't even know what? i've just known it's existed in my life for a very long time yeah. and i've inherited it from her and it holds up yeah i really like i wear it a lot yeah um if i was a cartoon character you could just draw me with this coat <laughs> because that is my look um, wait we're gonna talk about that after this because that's such a good idea like what would we draw each other's cartoon character no, wearing? Like, oh no, my god! No, yeah, I think it's an interesting thought. Like, yeah. you had to be in one outfit to describe yourself all the time. Okay, um, I'm wearing a lavender turtleneck. Mm-hmm. I feel that 
the characters along kind of the mod look yeah. is very layered. Turtleneck. And, you know, I didn't have any Peter Pan collars, unfortunately, that would have well, been super cute. But the turtleneck is very fisherman, yeah, too. I but then that, the fact that yeah. you have the lavender and the red and they work very well together, like, you know, very a specific really color palette yeah. I was going for. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing mom jeans vintage also and I'm Love also it. just wearing my white sneakers because but it works because. it's got that that Wes Anderson yeah feel. okay I have my hair I didn't pack any I didn't bring any turquoise eyeshadow to school mm. which if I had I literally would have been Susie Fisher I know if I have my like access to my full wardrobe I know you know who knows what we would have yeah. looked like but that's more than me too for you guys um and then, so I'm wearing, I'm wearing a sweater right now, but it's not part of it, not on the photo. Um, I'm wearing, like, a white button-down shirt, which is, like, it's actually, like, one of my favorite blouses. And it's got, like, this fun, like, frilly pattern on the front, but it's very, like, simple. And it doesn't have a full collar. It just has, like, a little baby collar. Um, and over it, I'm wearing my tan coat. Oh, there's a name for this type of button. A snaggle tooth? Yeah. Yeah, like a snaggle tooth. So like something like it looks like a tooth and you like put it yeah. through the loop of the other side. I don't know. It's cute stuff. Um but it's kinda like a long it's a very I feel like it's a very Moonrise Kingdom, like New England y coat mm-hmm. to have. Even the sweater you're wearing now has those the cable knit yeah. look is also very fisherman. You won't see it in the photos. So. Yeah, fortunately <laughs> only also, I get to see Yeah, only your eyes. <laughs> oh just oh. drop my phone. Um also got my mom jeans on. Ooh, the Argyle socks. Got some Argyle socks and got my bean boots. Yeah. Which are not only a staple of every New Englander's life, but also um, the narrator, Bob Balban. I just like saying the name Bob Balban. Um, name, actually, you like to name drop that. Uh, actually wears bean boots in the movie. He also wears a red coat and I'm also wearing a red yeah. coat. See, so, we're, we're both basically just striving yeah. to be Bob Balban. Yeah, we could have gone for, no, we weren't going for Susie. No. We're going for Bob Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with great aesthetic comes great responsibility. Thank you for listening. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. Um, And thank you to WTBU Podcasting for letting us exist. We love you. We love all of our listeners. Thank you. Sorry, this episode was a week late. Yeah. We're we're trying. (laughs) We're trying. (laughs) We're trying really hard, guys. And we love doing this. So it's not like... Yeah, it's just time and problems and mm-hmm. stress and yeah. Okay. Love you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye.